Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everybody. Today, I am so excited to be talking with Annie Del Rey. She's a nationally board certified health and wellness coach who has worked with hundreds of clients to help them achieve a life of confidence, wellness, and success. Along with multiple certifications, she's earned her bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in integrative wellness coaching. Originally from New Jersey, she now calls beautiful San Diego, California, her home. Thank you so much for being here today, Annie. Thank you for having me. So excited. Yes, me too. Me too. Um, I know I just read your bio, but I would love for us to jump in a little bit more about your story and what inspired you to start your business. Sure. So it all started with my psychology degree, (laughs) just studying the human mind and behavior and what is going on with us people. (laughs) And I studied a bit of sociology as well. So I was just trying to figure it out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just, I was one of six children. So that's a lot of personalities in one house. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, and my sisters, they're they're twins and they're 12 years younger than me. So mm-hmm. I was like a little mother hen to them. I was so in love with them and just wanting to be this like awesome person. That's really what I wanted to do. Like, how can I be a role model? And how can I just I guess yeah, be a role model to let them know like you are young ladies and you're growing up in this world and how can I prepare you mentally, physically, at points financially, like I just want to set you up for success. Yep. Yeah. So I'd say like that was the beginning beginning is is studying psychology. Yeah. I love that. I I'm always interested. I always say like people fascinate me. Right. Mm. And it's been my experience in the fundraising and development world where I was kind of a frontline fundraiser. So just meeting with so many people, it's one, I just love hearing people's stories, but also understanding how people think, how they're going to approach different situations. And it's really such an asset in any situation, right? If you can kind of be able to, to read that, read the situation. So I love that. I also have a younger brother who's nine years younger than me. So I can appreciate the like that mother, <laughs> that mothering <laughs> nature. Um, and it's, it's really, that's a really, really fun. But you also have, also have your master's degree in integrative wellness coaching, which is a pretty unique program. So what, what got you excited about doing that master's and, and how was that for you? It was amazing. I had no idea a degree existed like that either. And so originally from Jersey, got my degree, my bachelor's there. And then I was like, okay, you're obsessed with coaching because it was during the time of graduation that I learned coaching exists mm-hmm. and not because all I heard was like life coaching and almost like people looking down on it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is silly. This is just people who like didn't take them seriously, I guess is what I was sure. trying to say. Yeah. And something such as therapy was taken more seriously, but I knew that's not what I wanted. So I tell myself like, whatever, you'll do coaching on the side. That'd be your side job, but you need a realistic job, girl. Like you need to be financially independent and set up. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, all right, go get a degree in speech language pathology. 
just do that. People will always need you. You could work with different populations. So I get into a program in California and I'm like, all right, I'm just, I don't know anyone there. I'm like, I'm just going to pack up and go to California. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go get a degree in something practical and do coaching on the side. So I get there first semester, not even halfway through. And I'm like, this is so boring. I cannot do this. I don't even have the patience for this. This is the first semester. So I'm like, well, I already fell in love with California. I'm already here. I'm going to drop out of the program and get a job. And I'm just going to work till I figure it out, mm-hmm. which is what I did. I was so poor. I was so, <laughs> so poor. And I worked. And then I'm the universe God, the creator of all that is, whatever happened, I learned about this program. And I was like, I absolutely have to figure out how to get in this program. So mm-hmm. Then I did, then I applied to work there so that I could get help with tuition. Brilliant. So that was the plan. That was, that was the sequence of events. (laughs) And so what is that? I mean, again, it's, I completely agree with coaching. I think it's, it kind of ebbs and flows the view of it. Right. And it's became one of those words that got a little overused and a little saturated in the market. And so I, I, I had no idea this kind of degree existed too. And so as you're working through the program, is it that blend of of psychology and how how was that all? How did that all work together? Yeah. Like one of our classes was positive psychology, like okay. flat out just psych. And then yeah. there was I don't even know if they called it beginning or like intro to coaching, intermediate coaching, advanced coaching were some of the different classes. I think I took a whole class called behavior modification. That also might have been in my psych psych degree, actually. Sometimes I get them confused. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but different. How come I don't even remember the classes? I took a nutrition class because we mm-hmm. there was a whole nutrition degree, but I knew that wasn't what I wanted to focus on. Although I think it's so important, right? Uh, well, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, that it's that wellness piece, right? They all work together. How, how you eat impacts how you feel. So, absolutely, I can see that all working together. I love that. That's very, very cool. Um, oh, thank you. And so, now you are um, a certified health and wellness coach. So, who are your typical clients? Who are you who are working with? So, when I first started, I worked with mental health companies, and essentially I didn't get to pick who it was. So Mm -hmm. I was working with people from 18 to 84, or it might've even been older. So I, I got a ton of people, male, female, which is fantastic because I got a ton of experience and I learned a lot more about human beings. (laughs) And then it, but in my private practice, like fast forward to today, to today, I, I guess, like market to women. So it's not that I would say no to working with a male, especially because I have experience. So I am comfortable. But if you were to like, look at my website, it's pretty feminine. If you were (laughs) to look at some of my materials, pretty feminine. And I've been working with teens lately. And actually, yeah, I would say my oldest client was in their 80s. So Uh that doesn't really narrow it down. Like if you were to sit here with my business coach, I would have to say my niche and I would say busy professional women with stress yeah. and time management. Like, uh, you know, you have to have an answer, but I know I hate the niche question though. I think that's it's so hard. <laughs> me too. Cause I'm like, but what if someone hears that? And then is like, I don't fit that. 
Well, I guess the better question then is what problem do you solve? Because that's where I'm trying to come up with a lot of my my marketing too, is like, what's the problem that I am solving? And so maybe that's a better way to approach that question. Yeah, actually, you're you're so right. You are so right. And that that's what it should be. And I think that's why, like right now, if I were to say narrow it down, it would be time and stress management, mm-hmm. definitely. But stress, there's stress because of lack of time management and there's lack of time management because of stress. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. <laughs> Which is why you were such a great fit for this podcast and why I was so excited okay. to have you on here because I think you're exactly right that those things go, often I see them go hand in hand as I'm sure you do as well. And so you know, you mentioned that typically those people who are coming to you are busy professional women. And so where do we start? Because I think, again, I try really, really hard in my day-to-day life not to say the word busy, right? I don't want to call myself busy. Ooh. I never want to say I'm too busy because I think that there, that's such a, such a reinforcing behavior that the more, as much as you tell yourself that you're busy, you're going to stay busy and you're never going to be able to kind of, you're going to have that feeling that you're never getting yourself out from under it. And some of that is, you know, learned behavior, right? It's what we, <laughs> what we've been kind of functioning in our day to day. And so, what are some of the struggles that you're seeing people come to you with? Like, how are they? How are they feeling? How are they? How do they know that they need to talk to someone like you? Well, let's let's say we're talking in a professional setting first. Mm-hmm. Usually, they say things such as. One of them was I was passed up for the promotion mm. or I'm not getting recognized and I'm not getting raises or promoted as fast as others. Another one is them simply saying my supervisor recommended coaching mm. like, and they're excited to be there. So they're not yeah. dragging their feet or anything, but they're just like, I'm not doing well. And I could apparently be doing better because my supervisor said like, you should try this out. Which is great because that's that means the supervisor cares enough to tell us that, yeah, right. I know, me too. Other times it's because they don't like their boss and they're like, "How can I cope? I need health insurance. Like, I like my coworkers. My pay is okay. This, but I have to work on communication." A few, actually, two women that I'm talking with right now are in male dominant fields, and one of them is the only person not white on her team. All right. Mm. So she's the only female and uh, she's a person of color. So they're working on communication with their coworkers yeah. and not because the coworkers are mean, they just are uncomfortable around them. So they want to do bonding. So those are some of the professional things, but it brings them great stress to not be there mm-hmm. or to not be at the level of optimal success that they want to be in those situations. Sure. Yeah. And for personal, it's usually, I work with a lot of moms and that's not Mm -hmm. on purpose, but it just happens to be a lot of moms and they're struggling with number one, the mindset of busy. I, Mm -hmm. I love that you said that it reminds me of neuro-linguistic programming of just like, you keep telling yourself you're busy, your brain is taking it in that you're always busy. Yeah. And I would say for the moms, it's how can I be a woman? How can I be a mom? How can I be, um, sometimes caregivers to other family members? How can I be the best partner? So that's a lot of roles to play. And usually the role of just simply being a woman is looked past. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like self-care. Yeah. 
Am I rambling on or am I answering this question like a normal person? (laughs) It's good. I just didn't want to interrupt. No, it's really helpful. And again, I just wanted to give folks some context, right? Because it's things that they can be on the lookout for in their own life, in their own day-to-day to get help, right? To work with a coach, to reach out to someone because I think there's... And I think sometimes my audience is people who just kind of kind of nerd out on the time management and productivity and then like glorify it a little bit, which for a long time I did. And I, and I still like still find myself in that trap sometimes. And so I, when we were talking on the the pre podcast interview, I think I said like my definition of productivity is like the right thing at the right time to help you reach your goals. And I know that we connected over that because it's really about like, what are your ultimate goals? Because then you can decide what actually helps you along the way. And it's not normal and it's not okay to be feeling stressed and overwhelmed and not feeling like a woman and not taking care of yourself. And we, again, we're just sometimes falling into autopilot. And so if we can start recognizing some of those behaviors or hear someone else call you out on it, it's just so helpful to hear. <laughs> like, oh, wait, I don't. I don't have to live like this. This is not normal and okay so it's not (laughs) so that's why I always just ask the question whenever I'm working with coaches of like okay what's the problem right like what are people coming to you for um so that Mm -hmm. my audience can start recognizing where they can get help or get some advice from and that's one of the things you work on right is is goal setting with clients so Mm -hmm. what is that do you work through work them through an exercise or how does that typically go with your clients why is it important to set goals I guess we can start there. Okay. <laughs> why is it, why is it important? If I were to like, I don't know, put it in a simple way would be mm-hmm. because we feel like we're floundering without them. Like we're directionless, we're aimless and we're not feeling achievement. So then we're not building self-efficacy or confidence. So what are we here for? And, and meaning like if you're living your purpose or if you're following your values or you're Uh, setting goals is easy because you want to do better and you realize I'm here for a reason. What am I here for? And, and this could be people who are religious, or this can be people that are like, I am supposed to be Johnny's mom. That was my role to be a caregiver, to make sure that this boy grows up in a healthy, happy home or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. I mean, my role is to start this woman's nonprofit for battered women and children. This is what I'm here to do. Okay. That's a big goal. Which is fantastic. And now let's break that down because you are crippled by moving forward from that because it's such a big goal. So I I totally get that. So that would be another that would be another kind of red flag, but like a determining <laughs> factor <laughs> that you'd want to work with the coach is the idea of like I have this mega goal and I'm super passionate about. I even feel called to do it. And I haven't done it for five years because I don't know where to start, or it's just too overwhelming to start. Yeah. Well, let's dive into that because that that is okay. <laughs> I I love that. I think that that's so relatable for many of us, right? Is that we, you know, get into that pattern. It's January 1st. We set all of our new goals, all like that cliche goal setting stuff. The amount of times I've Googled like how to set goals, it's not rocket science. The hard <laughs> part is sticking to it right? That's the hard part. And so when we have that calling, when we have the goal, 
And I mean, again, pairing this with that time management piece and that procrastination, which kind of sounds like, right, like if you're waiting on that, what is that coming through? So what's some of your advice for people who are in that spot where they feel that calling, but they just don't know where to start. They, they can't get that oomph to get started. So I guess one thing, and this would be, this would be like, let's say specifically working with a coach is having someone tell you, don't worry, you're not doing this alone. Mm, don't yeah. worry. I am here to check up on you. I will help with clarity and I will uh, check in on you. And a lot of times we don't, and, and this is paid accountability. So this yes. is different than any other accountability because you're paying someone for it. If, as long as they're a good coach, they're showing up. The other thing is, but, but unfortunately this one doesn't work, I would say sometimes as well as a coach, is looking for accountability through family and friends or let's say like a gym buddy or a coworker. But the problem with that is there's no money on the line. And it's not that only money is the solution, but it is a different type of accountability. Yeah. Because family and friends get busy. And a lot of times they don't care about your goal as much as you do. And it's not that you don't have good family and friends. It's that they have a life. Yeah. And they're not going to have the same. For me, I always joke like, like, you know, every time I set a gym goals, like, okay, your husband and your partner is a terrible accountability partner. Because like, I was like, he's going to love me anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and tell you that. Anyway. Yeah, tell me that. I'm like, you know, right. he's not going to like, so, so I completely agree. I am absolutely someone who needs that outer ac- accountability, you know, like a gym buddy versus the like a uh, trainer, right? It's like, it's that level. It's like someone who's going to show up for you consistently, ask the right questions, help you overcome those roadblocks and force you to show up and report back, you know? Yeah. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head of someone also, I don't want to say enabling you, but it's like, Oh, you want to skip today? Well, you had a hard weekend or like, (laughs) like we really, we took it a bit hard this weekend or uh, work is getting really stressful. Why don't you stay home? And they mean it with all the love in their heart, which is why it's even scarier. Cause it's like, Oh dang. And you even meant it. Like, <laughs> how could I be annoyed? Cause you love me so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, yes, I, I completely agree with, with the coaching piece. And, and again, so coming back to, to the goals and, I mean, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think whenever I'm working with clients, I was goals. It's really about breaking it down, right? You got to have a place to start. So is that what you see as well as, as giving people a really clear place to start? And then what is the time management piece that goes along with that? How does it, how does it show up on a day-to-day basis? So we definitely chunk it down. Like there's always going to be action steps when you leave and sometimes homework. And even if it's like read this article or yeah, check this out, do this activity. But the first thing we do is get super clear on what the actual goal is. So we follow something called the smart goal format. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you can, let's walk, walk, walk through it in case someone has I was just going to say, before. what about the listeners actually? Yeah. Yeah. Walk through that. it. So it's an acronym and S is for specific. So already it's like, all right, be specific. <laughs> M is measurable, which I absolutely love. So uh, an example I I commonly give my clients is like a lot of people come to me and say, I want happiness, which is fantastic. I want happiness. How the heck are we going to know if you've reached it? Because 
happiness is different for everyone. If it means tucking your kids in every night and reading them a story, we can measure that. If that's what mm-hmm. you, that that's your happiness. So A is, I should say another thing about these. Sometimes the words are a little different, but they all mean essentially the same thing. So sure. what I say for A is attainable. Yeah. And attainable meaning like, specifically for the goals. So if you say by tomorrow, I want to be a best-selling author and you don't have a book out, it's not impossible, but I don't, I don't know if it's attainable. Like I wouldn't set it as an attainable goal. I wouldn't feel comfortable setting that with a client. Mm -hmm. So is it really attainable? R is, this is also another one. It could be realistic, but that's like the same as attainable. So I say relevant. Mm -hmm. So if the, if the main goal is to be a better mom, And then you tell me that your number one goal is to learn French, but it has nothing to do with your kids or being a better mom. It may not be what you want to focus on first. So we'd say like, is this relevant to the long-term goal? Mm -hmm. And you can say it's not and forget it. And I still want to do it like, okay. But Mm -hmm. looking at the big picture, is this really relevant and timely? So putting an end date on it. So uh, letting yourself, a lot of people come in with like wanting a lifestyle change, which is exactly what I want for them too. this long-term behavior change, but even setting a time limit on it at first can bring people some relief because it's like, okay, but you said for the next three weeks, you're going to the gym twice. This is not forever. I know you want to go four times a week, but what we're doing for the next two weeks is this or whatever it may be. Usually it's like about a month of, ch- of whatever the behavior is we'll set for it. But it's different for everyone. Like mm-hmm. one girl saving for vacation right now and she had six weeks to do it. So it was a six week time timeline. Yeah. Um, so starting with that. Okay, yeah. So. No, I, I love that. And I, again, you have definitely have heard these before and I love how we can kind of switch up the words, but have the structure be the same for it. And I, I've definitely heard realistic, but it would make it sound like obtainable. But for me, what stood out was relevant. Because I think it's so easy for people to just want to do it because everybody else is, or they read someone else's goal and say, that sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) Or they do it because they're getting pressured by their parents or by their boss or by someone else who has, they're allowing to have that kind of influence in their life. And so I think getting really clear on, is this relevant for me and my life and what I want? to achieve is really sounds really critical to that step Sarah, to the whole process. And then the, the, the time bound piece, I also wrote like go slow because I am, I always joke, like I am not a patient person by nature. Like I want results tomorrow. And so I think that that's, that can also be really helpful to when you're working with someone to say, no, you, you just have to go twice to the gym twice a week this week. That's all we're working on right now. Then you can build up. Because for me, like I, I fall into that trap of why go for a run twice a week when I can train for a half marathon? Like that was what I was working through for a long time. Like it was never just, here's a nice I'm activity so you can do. It was always like, how can I make this competitive? How can I make this some kind of achievement outside of, of the actual benefit of running for me, which is, you know, obviously health and wellness, but also like mentally it helps me. It's relaxing. Like it has a host of benefits. I do not need a medal for it at the end. And that was a really, really hard lesson for me to learn. Yes. And then they wonder like, 
why didn't I, why wasn't able to do this more than two weeks? But one of the uh, very first questions I asked when they set a goal is, have you tried to accomplish this goal before? What did you try? Because I want to start with that list of what did work and what didn't work, because Mm -hmm. there may be one or two things that worked. So let's build on that or ask the question of why do you think those specifically worked? Mm -hmm. So one gal isn't able to clean her room. She's having a lot of trouble with that, but she has no problem when she knows her boyfriend's coming over and staying the night. Like she can do that in five minutes, but it takes her like 45 minutes on her own. So it's like, okay, well, let's talk about the motivation behind this, right? So getting clear just on, like you said, relevant is really important and the time of, Let's like let's say the marathon is your long-term one, which is a great goal because obviously what you're trying to do is be the best, right? Because you're like, okay, well, I don't want to just be okay. I want to be my best number at least. Mm-hmm. But instead of being like, I want to train for the one that starts in two months, maybe it's let's look up another one that starts in seven months. Or I'll be honest, I have no idea how long it takes to train for a marathon. In my head, I'm like three years. Like, I don't know. Like. <laughs> Like I can't imagine no, doing I, that. I haven't done a marathon. I, I I tap out at half marathons. <laughs> That's, okay, but, I'd be but like it's, I mean, it's probably like it's probably a, it's a couple months. It's a couple months worth of training. Oh, okay, or even yeah. like okay, I'm gonna do this in a year and a half, and I'm gonna train mm-hmm. with my cousin, and this is what we're gonna like. Yeah, a realistic goal, but also you're not stressing your body out for one month. <laughs> Another thing is like. A, working out's a great example because it can lead to injury if you go mm-hmm. too fast. So it's like, okay, would you rather take three months of steady progress or one month of craziness? And then you have to heal for at least two months after like, yeah, with those two offers on the table, it, it helps to put it into perspective too. Yeah. And I think that that's hard. That's often hard for people to do on their mm-hmm. own. Right. And so because again, we, we think we're invincible, right? We're like, Oh, that won't happen. <laughs> That won't happen to me. I can do this in a month or we are again impatient for the results or an opportunity comes along. And that's that right, you know, again, productive, like right thing at the right time. And typically I mean that on a day-to-day basis, right? Like energy management, but it's also when it's the right time in your life, in your business, in your, like what season of life are you in? And so I think that that's, it all fits into that time, that time piece too of you're absolutely right. Maybe it's not the marathon in two weeks or two months. Maybe it's the one that's at the end of the year or at the year and a half. And yeah, it sucks to push that out because you're excited about that goal. I often find that people are really just, they're just excited, right? They just want yes. that result. It's not from a negative place. It's not because they necessarily even feel outside pressure. Sometimes it's just, I'm really excited about reaching this goal. And so they want to rush it. And then that's where they can get burnout, I'm sure. Or also they're feeling that additional stress to their life, right? Like they're, they're putting that extra stress and pressure on themselves when they don't really need to. Right. Or realizing like, no one, this, I don't know if I can even say this, but I want to give an extreme example of like, no one's putting a gun to my head to accomplish this. Right. This is a goal I set for myself. Like there's not a million dollars on the line. Right? right. And, and that's another thing, the pressure of like, what do you think is going to happen? You don't get that book done by March and you got it done in June. Did you like lose a leg because of it? No, you still accomplished it. Isn't that super exciting? But yeah. we have like shiny object syndrome like Mm -hmm. it's exciting but only for a little bit 
and then it's and I'm I say this because I'm also that person or like yes. have been more commonly. So I hope it's not like you people. No. Oh no, I can speak like this because I, I get also am this person, you know, like okay. I, yeah, <laughs> I am my own worst client. I always joke like, man, if I just took my own advice, I'd be, I'd be great. I'd be great. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, yeah, I, I love everything you said. And I just had the thought too of, you know, making sure that when we're, when we're thinking about all those things, I, I love what you said, like that perspective, right? Like no one is forcing you to do this. These are choices that you should be excited about or that are inspiring to you in some way. And we forget often, like celebrate those wins, right? Mm, celebrate yeah. the halfway point, celebrate, you know, the weekly accomplishments, right? Because we get so lost in the day to day that it's really hard to see how that progress is built up over time. And so even if I, I think for me, I've spent so many years setting one entirely too many goals, but also goals that were like a little like that, not quite that attainable, right? Like that A was not super clear. And I would beat myself up about it. Like I would spend so much time being disappointed. And then it's like that why bother cycle or like, oh, I can't be consistent enough. Or I didn't try hard enough. Like we, we end up in that kind of spiral for it when like, if you can check in and measure that progress. And again, with the help of a coach, with the help of someone, but even just writing it down, it, you're going to be so impressed. And like, that's what, that's that enjoy the journey cliche, right? Yes. And you're so right. Like you have to celebrate the small wins. And and that's also why it's cool to work with a coach. Not that you can't log it yourself. Like one of the things when I'm teaching people to build confidence is write down all your achievements. And I don't mean you have to graduate from school. I mean that you turn to the person in the Starbucks line and started the smallest conversation. And <laughs> a month, a month before, earlier, you don't even make eye contact in line. Like that's an achievement or some of my clients come to me and they're like, oh, I only went to the gym or like, I only slept with my cell phone outside of my room once this week. And, and we set the goal for twice. And then I write it down as a success, you know, cause I say, but you weren't doing that before. Sometimes it wasn't even a twinkle in your eye before. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, so let's celebrate this. And with coaching, at least with me, I track all these small successes. So then when it is three weeks from then, one month from them, I'm like, let's talk about the things you accomplished this month. And they're like, whoa, I would have never remembered that or celebrated that as a win. But then it feels great because you have all these little wins. Yeah, absolutely. I've started the habit of every week I, and it's actually not by the week, which makes it fun for me. It's by like, that's the first of the month. So then it's the first of this six. And then, you know, it's like, so it the changes the day, right? Like, like, so it'll be Monday this month, but it made it, it made it more, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but it wasn't like something I had to do every Sunday night. Like it, it, it kind of changes throughout the, um, over the months. And I track those kind of some of those stats in my business, but what happened during that week, like, and I do it all on paper. It's not like a fancy, sexy system. Like it's literally just like a random piece of paper that I have. And it has helped so much being able to say like, when you feel, especially as an entrepreneur, like you feel like nothing is happening. You feel like sometimes it can just feel like such a slog. And then when you start to see like, oh no, I did three collaborations 
last month or, <laughs> oh, I did, you know, I've recorded so many podcast episodes or, you know, I, oh my gosh, my podcast grew by X number of amount or my Instagram audience grew by this number, whatever it is, you, yeah. you can see that over time. And again, that's just, that's just really inspiring and it makes it much more exciting to see that progress over the year. Right. So, I love that. Right. Totally. It's kind of like weight loss where you get used to seeing yourself, but if you saw before and after you had pictures exactly. of your journey, you're like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. I know you mentioned that time management is part of your coaching too. So do you have any strategies or skills that you like to work on with your clients? The one that I believe is a game changer is time blocking mm-hmm. and simply if it just brings awareness around your time. So ideally what you would do is time block in advance, meaning uh, I literally draw blocks on my schedule. I bought like, it's right here. I don't even know if you'll be able to see it, but it's, it was like $6 from Amazon. I don't get anything fancy. It's 15 minute increments uh, because I was doing the sexy spreadsheets. I was doing all that, but I couldn't do it up, up to my standards, but $6 one. Sure block my meetings, sometimes uh, block my breaks. It, ideally the entire day would be blocked, uh, even like free time or whatever, because if not, then you don't make the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And the other idea is how much free time are you having? So if you block and you see you did four hours of Netflix, but you're also saying you don't have time to see your friends, even though you desperately want to, well, it looks like you may have potentially had a time for that lunch. And now you're complaining, 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 but it's like, well, you're kind of your own worst enemy because you did have quote unquote time, but you spent it three days in a row watching four hours of Netflix every night. Like, and I don't mean that like I'm pointing the finger at you. I just mean, had you not done this activity, you potentially would have never grown mindfulness around your time, which can sometimes be a slap in the face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I love that I'm a big fan of time blocking and I think it helps too with knowing how long things take you so it works both ways right like if people think that they need this is something I do with my clients all the time but like I don't have these like three hour blocks of time to get all this work done like do you need three hours to do that like is that actually how long that takes if you are focused if your phone's not in with arms reach if you have good music on if you're in the right like is is that actually how long things take you and and so sometimes it's just an experimentation like i think people can also you know time blocking it's it takes practice i'm sure you know right like it takes some practice to figure out like okay actually this does take me an hour even if i am focused or you know, it takes longer than I thought or less time than I thought, right? I think just, again, that it's that intentionality and that awareness that's so important with time blocking. Yeah, so that you don't feel guilty or bad if you do block out a break. That's your break, girl. Take it. Like, right. It's, to- it's saved for you. <laughs> right. You planned for this. One mm-hmm. lady said she couldn't take her dog out, like, and she always felt guilty. But, there, but when she started planning a 15-minute break, And then she was like, Annie, I feel amazing. I get away from my computer and I get to spend with like the love of my life and I get to get fresh air. And then I come back all like jazzed. And I'm like, see, but if you didn't plan that time and you can always make the excuse of, well, I have 10 emails to check and I have 15 minutes. So let me do that. Like you can always convince yourself of something. And I love how you say that the idea of 
blocking way too much time or it's it's not even that they're blocking it. It's in their head. They're thinking, I have to block this. How can I ever do that? As opposed to, okay, I don't think this project will take three hours. Even if it does, let's block out an hour a day because mm-hmm. you weren't doing it before. Yes. So who cares how slow the progress is? <laughs> like you were yes. doing it before. Yes, absolutely. I always joke like in when I was in college, I would insist upon having, this is like maybe freshman, sophomore year. I would go to the library only if I had like four or five hours and I would bring everything with me and I would like just camp out for these hours. Okay. And I also, I was like, I'm like, I felt like I was never going to get anything done. Right. I felt like I always had too much work to do. By senior year, I was, you know, not only taking all the regular classes, I had two minors, I was running two clubs, I was working. I only had, 15 minute blocks of time to do anything. Do you know how freaking productive I was my <laughs> senior year? <laughs> I like that. It is figured it out. Because you figured it out. And I think that that's like, I, you know, I, I hear you say, like, oh, I have 10 emails to check in 15 minutes. I always keep a running list of like, these are quick tasks that I can do when I do, like, a meeting ends 15 minutes early. I don't want to waste that time. Here's what I can kind of throw into that, that space. But it's, it's also like, not that I'm saying we need to like be that busy because I don't know how I survived. I was young and could not sleep and drink a lot of coffee. Um, now I can't do that anymore. But, you know, it's it's really just about paying attention to and being intentional with, with those most blocks of time and making the most of it, right? Like yeah. you could also sit on that, sit on your phone for 15 minutes and scroll TikTok. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine, right? If that's what you plan to do, that's what your that's that's your break. That's fine. But I think where we get into trouble is when it becomes the default and we don't think about it, right? We're not we're just doing it without really thinking about it. That's exactly it. Do you have mindfulness around it? Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, in the last few minutes, I love to look behind the scenes and talk about your personal productivity. So can you walk us through a normal day or week? in your life? Sure. I usually am time blocking Sunday night. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel much better about the week ahead. I can't say that I've done it religiously, but for the most part, I would say like probably three out of four weeks. It, It really depends. And it does start my Monday differently if I don't time block. So Mm -hmm. I will be honest. And then in the beginning of each morning, I'll go through it again. Just make sure, like, did anything last minute get booked? Did anything get canceled? And then plan where those those in-between times are. Sure. So I do that. I'm also, I don't want to use the word neurotic, <laughs> but a healthy amount of focused on my Google calendar. Love Everything it. is scheduled. Mm-hmm. Like, every meeting if I need buffers, I, I type in the word buffer into my calendar. Uh, another thing that works really well for me is emojis. Okay. I love that. (laughs) So for example, if I have a podcast, I'll put a microphone in front of the podcast because when you're scrolling, it's very easy to see. Yep. And I just like to make things as simple as possible. This, this might not sound so simple. It might sound like I'm doing a lot of steps, but when you make it a habit, and you build it over time, you save so much stress and time as you go. So immediately grabbing your phone and putting it in. So those are big ones. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I love the emoji idea, actually. It also, it just makes it a little cool. more fun. Um, it's so much more fun. <laughs> like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so I might, I might start incorporating that into my calendar. So I completely agree. I mean, it, it's that it's the habit, but I also like how you said, like, you don't need to be religious about this. Like, let's not call it a failure if you didn't get it done right. Like, just fine. Do it Monday morning. That's fine, right? Like, it's not the end of the world. It still helps. Like, if you have to do it Tuesday, fine. Do it Tuesday. I think it's really just you know, taking that time to, to plan, plan things out can be really, really helpful. Yeah. And how I convince myself Sunday nights when you're like on the couch and you don't want to move a phrase I often use is your future self will thank you. Yes. And I'm like, all right, Monday morning, Annie's going to want this done. So just go (laughs) grab it. It doesn't even take that long. (laughs) Yes. I say the phrase, set yourself up for success. That's what I'll say yeah. to myself. Like, like okay. Chelsea, just do oh. it. <laughs> You'll appreciate it later. Oh, I love that. Um, all right. I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning. Okay. Paper and pen or all digital? Ooh. <laughs> Both is a good option. I, I, yeah. If I could, I'd do everything paper and pen. Mm-hmm. But... It's just easier with a digital life. Yeah. Is your, do you keep like a to-do list? Is that digital or is that paper pen? Both. Okay. Yeah. Both. Because I like to do digital detoxes. So sometimes I don't take out my, whip out my phone or computer. So I'll start like writing it physically, but it always Mm -hmm. ends up on my, it always ends up on my computer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my, my calendar has to be digital for the, those, like it has to be, so block out and make sure I don't double book myself. Yeah. Totally. What is your favorite way to relax? Going outside. Okay. Like hiking, walking, running. I would not say running. That is like a stressful activity, (laughs) but I walk a lot with my boyfriend. Nice. Every weekend and after work. Hiking sometimes, but like just lights on walks. I love that. That's my favorite too. Yeah. Cool. Uh Andy, this has been such a fun conversation. Where can people find you, learn more about you? Your website is absolutely beautiful. So people should definitely go check oh, that thank out. You. Um, but where where's the links? I'll I'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, I would say my website, especially because I would love for people to contact me. And I don't mean it as let's, I want to sign clients. I just mean, I feel like after people are listen to things such as this questions do come up, mm-hmm. but they either forget right away or think it'll be more complicated, but my website goes right to me and social media. Definitely. They can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, but their messages may get lost like, or be in a folder that I won't see for a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think like direct is just so much better. Awesome. It's just Love so that. much better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I encourage people to reach out then. Again, this has been an awesome conversation. I always like to talk about coaching and time management and, and goals because it's, it's so important. And I think it's really just the foundation of so many things that we're working on. So I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.